Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. So you'll have to excuse my voice. It's a little weak or maybe very weak. I'm on day nine of my water fast for Lyme, which you can hear more about in last week's intro. I am, I don't even know how many days I'm shooting for at this point because I'm just going to listen to my body and whenever my body tells me it's ready to stop, I will stop. I'm at a medically guided facility. It's been actually a really nice place to be during this quarantine because I feel very safe. I'm just hanging out in bed all day. I go outside when I have the energy, soak in nature. It's been really beautiful. I've received so many incredible downloads and insights that I can't wait to share with you guys. You know I'll be doing a water fasting update when all of this is over and I'll do a full solo episode on it when the time is right. So because I don't have all the energy today, I'm going to keep today's intro really short and sweet, which is actually kind of nice. I usually do my long intros and it's really fun and I give you guys all the life updates and things. But this episode with Jenna was so, so, so special. Jenna has been on the podcast four previous times. So this is her fifth episode um, with me on Soul on Fire. When I met her, when was that? I guess it was two years ago, although it seems like longer. She taught me all about human design and being a reflector, which has ultimately changed my life. And now I can't meet a single person without looking up their human design, asking them when they were born and where. And every single person in my life has been determined by now with their human design. It's very fun. When my friends have babies, we look up their human design immediately. But human design charts are very complex. And Jenna, I truly believe Jenna was sent from the heavens to be such an expert on this topic. She, not only does she read charts, but she has such an intuitive nature. And when it comes to people's energy types and teaching them how to live, 
And when she looks at somebody's chart, she really intuitively gets so much more, which is why it's hard for me to recommend anyone other than Jenna as a human design chart reader, because she is just the top of the top. She's the absolute best. And she's also one of my closest friends. We talk pretty much every day. When she's in LA, I get to see her a lot. And she currently lives in Monaco, but she travels a lot, which is phenomenal for those of us who love her here in LA. And yeah, so like I said, she's been on four separate times. The first time we were talking about everything, human design, also reflectors. The second time we go deeper into human design, we talk about um, projectors quite a bit. And my friend Jillian, who's a projector, was on that episode. And then she came on with our friend Dara, episode 159, to talk about human design and astrology and astrogeography. So, oh yeah. And then we released that episode twice as the best of the show. So she's actually been on three times. This is her fourth. So lots to dive into with Jenna. Would highly recommend listening to those older episodes. And in this episode, we go really deep, deeper than we've ever gone about human design. We talk about the profiles. So the numbers that you see in your human design chart, like I am, I, for example, am a four, six. So we talk about that. We talk about so many things like generators and manifesting generators and manifestors, because we had not focused on those much on this podcast yet. And we just go deep into all of it. Um, I also saw her shape shift into many things, including an avatar in this episode. So you'll see that it was really special. She's really special to me. I'm so grateful for her. And like I said, going to keep this intro short and sweet. My voice is going. Um, I can only get so many words out per day while I'm fasting because that's just kind of the nature of my body when I fast. So before we dive into the episode, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is very, very timely right now because they're huge for immune support. And I know everybody out there is looking to support their immune system right now and give themselves a boost. So you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for 15% off at checkout with Four Sigmatic. And some of their immune-boosting products are Chaga, which is perfect because Chaga is actually my favorite Four Sigmatic product. It tastes like coffee. I'm sure I will be drinking a ton of Chaga when I get back from this fast, when I get back home, because I'm going to be avoiding coffee for a while to continue healing my adrenals and just to keep all the all of the great benefits of this fast going. They also have plant-based protein, which is a big immune support. Um, They have mushroom coffee, their mushroom blends, their adaptogen blend, which is one of my favorites. It comes in a purple container. Um, It comes with mushrooms and roots and berries and superfoods. So I know that you will fall in love with that. And also you can go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde to see all of my favorites. I have a bunch of favorites and you can shop with my code. 
And then, yeah, if you're just looking for a good coffee alternative, Four Sigmatic is that. I love using either chaga or reishi or their mushroom coffee, blending it up with some hot almond milk and hot water, cinnamon, sometimes stevia. It's phenomenal. They are all vegan and they have very, very low sugar, completely organic, third-party lab tested. We've had the founder, Taro, on the podcast in the past and he's definitely going to come back on. So yes, enjoy Four Sigmatic. Treat yourself right now. Use that code BLONDE. Check out their immune support. Actually, on their website, they make it really easy. They put all their immune products at the top right now. They also have skincare. There's tons of amazing benefits. They have lots of, you can shop by category, like if you want to chill out or if you want to perform or if you want to focus on beauty. They're pretty amazing. So foursigmatic.com, code BLONDE. And now let's get into this episode with Jenna. Jenna, how do we continue a conversation we've been having for like five hours? Four hours. hours. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So Jenna and I are at her hotel here in LA. She's been here for like a month. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite feeling like Jenna should stay forever. I know. Me too. You and me both. Mm -hmm. I feel like I live here when I'm here. I feel like LA is such a vortex. It is. That when you're here, you just get it's like the whole world doesn't exist outside of LA. It's kind right. of crazy. I know. Um, but I love it once I'm here and I feel like it goes so quick because every single day just move. It just like blends into the next. I literally can't believe I've been here for a month and I'm leaving in two days time. I it's know. crazy. I'm so sad that you're leaving. I know. Everybody listening, Jenna's one of my favorite people in the world. And when she's here, it just feels so right. You definitely really belong does. here. I so know. we'll get into all the details of where you do live right now Mm -hmm. and your amazing traveling lifestyle. Yeah. But for people who might not have heard the other three episodes with you on the Balance Bond podcast, do we have two or three? I think you're right. We have two, you and me, and then one we did with Dara. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we definitely have three and this is the fourth. Yeah. Um, Tell everybody just a little about who you are for the new people around here. Mm -hmm. So I um, am a human design reader. And human design, I'm sure many people have heard, of, many people listening have heard of it, but it's kind of an art, kind of a science that was discovered or invented in the late 80s. And it's, if you want to get like super scientific about it, it's actually this idea that we're kind of swimming in a sea of what they call neutrinos, which is like these tiny subatomic particles that contain intelligence. And um, they come from obviously outer space. They come from all over, from outside the earth towards the earth to basically inform us um, energetically, like who we should be, what we're like. It's kind of like programming that's just in the ether basically. And it's transmitted through these neutrinos. And so the whole idea is that what human design does is that it basically says that um, you can measure the type of information that was sent to you about who you come to be based on the time and place you were born. Because like where we are now, there's energy here. Where someone else is, there's a different kind of energy. There's different vibes all over the world at different times. And the place you choose to be born at is kind of like your energetic launch pad and it matches who you are. And so who you always are, your real highest self is who you came in as. And we can measure that um, based on where you came in and what time you came in. 
So what I do is I do, I started off by doing readings for people one-on-one and doing like reading people's charts, interpreting people's human design charts, which you can find out by putting your birth information into a piece of software online. Um, and now what I do, because my waiting list got so long, was like, I was like, I'm sure there's a way of being able to give people readings without one-on-one giving them readings. And so what I did was I created an online um, library of videos which you can customize to your own chart. So there's one for your energy type. There's one for your profile. There's one for your, the way that you eat, the way that you digest. There's one for the way that you work. Um, there's one for how you manifest and all different, all the different variables of all the things, the different things we are within that. So um, now that's kind of like the main thing that I do is I create um, customized videos for people to be able to learn about their design. And instead of coming to me for an hour, you can do... 10 hours online of deep diving into who you are and who you came to be. So amazing. So for everybody listening, if you haven't caught any of our previous episodes, it's totally changed my life to learn about human design. Jenna knows this. We talk, Mm. we talk every day. Jenna Mm -hmm. knows all the things about me. (laughs) When I'm not here, we voice note like all day, every day. Yeah, it's the best. (laughs) So learning about being a reflector. First of all, I'll never forget when I, when via email, when we first met and we were first talking and planning to have you on the podcast like three years ago, three, two or three years ago, I remember saying to you, okay, I plugged in my info. I think I'm a reflector, but I don't know. And I didn't know anything about human design. And and you got back to me and said, well, if you're right, if you are a reflector, I'm, you know, super excited because it's, it's rare. Wow. And I forgot. I didn't know. I like can't remember that. Oh, That's yeah. so we, cool. I could find the emails and you're wow. like, oh my God, I hope you are. Cause I don't really get to read reflectors wow. very much. And then it's I remember true. thinking, okay, well, I hope I am then. And mm. then we did it. And of course I am. And yeah. then later have found out my dad's a reflector, which, which is insane. Like the odds of that. Mind. Yeah. Intuitively, I really, truly feel one of my children will be a reflector. Wow. Future, future wow. children. I pretty much know That's I'm going to have three and I pretty much know that either the first or the third is going to be a reflector. <gasps> so Whoa. mark my words, we can all listen to this in the future. Oh my gosh. Who knows? Because um, I'll obviously be happy no matter what, but I I feel it wow. so strongly. I mean, the odds of a reflector giving birth to a reflector, i.e. your dad and you, and then... I mean, that's small enough. Third generation reflector. Third generation would be insane. I know, but, but I, I wouldn't just be surprised. Feel it. I, yeah, I have. It's like the deepest knowing. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a boy so or cool. a girl or wow. anything, but so cool. So I'm a reflector. You're a projector. Mm-hmm. There's generators, manifesting generators, and manifestors. Mm-hmm. So I know for everybody listening, since we do have quite the deep dive dive reflector episode which mm-hmm. was super fun mm-hmm. and then we kind of did a projector episode mm-hmm. with you and Jillian yeah let's talk about the other three really you know Great. really quickly in the beginning because I Great know idea. there are so many people who listen that are that fall into those categories yeah such a good shout and I feel like I don't get to talk about generators enough because for some reason I've never been on a podcast with a generator like I did really? one podcast with a generator but it just hasn't really, and I've never been on a podcast with a manifester ever. So really, yeah. So I love that you're like asking about this and stuff, and that yeah. we're kind of going there. Um, so I guess should we start with generators? Generators are, and I 
It's so funny because I think the word is really uh, misunderstood because generator just sounds like, and in a lot of human design circles, like the traditional way is like generators are the worker bees of society and they're just the ones that can like actually do things. And I just feel like that's so not encouraging because one of the things that human design is really, really, I guess, like showing people is that... um, you know, we're moving into a whole different work paradigm as it is, where it's like no one is meant to like slog away and no one is meant to like kill themselves working and doing something that they don't want to do and totally depleting themselves for no reason. So um, the thing about generators is that they are people who, when they are lit up, they create energy. And like, I'll describe the magic to you of a generator is that when they themselves are so happy and juiced up with like a life force, it's going to, by default, without them even trying, it's going to spill out into other people and make other people around them happy and make other people around them more productive, more inspired, more energized. But the irony is, as a generator, you can't like go out of your way to make people happy. You can't go out of your way to like be almost like codependent like that, where it's like, if I suffer, then someone else will be happy. Duty and sacrifice are huge like trigger words for generators because they often get praised in their childhood for like doing things they didn't want to do. And because they have the energy. So the opposite of someone like me. So because, exactly. So because a generator has the energy to like help someone move home or has the energy to like infuse someone else with the happiness and the zhuzh and the the whole thing, they think that they keep having to do that. Um, and they think that they have to do that. And in order to do that, they have to make themselves un, un, unhappy or they have to suffer. So they can get like, there's this weird cycle of like validation that can happen where it's like, oh, poor me, I'm doing everything for everyone else. But I'm also kind of secretly or subconsciously, let's say, happy about it. Because that's the only place and only time I've been validated is when I was putting myself second and making other people happy first. That's crazy because Jonathan, my husband, for everyone listening, is a generator. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sounds just like him, Mm -hmm. where he really does get lit up by helping other people Mm -hmm. and by putting other people first. And Mm -hmm. he's so insanely helpful Mm -hmm. in every single way. But at times, Mm -hmm. that can feel really burdensome to him. And he Mm -hmm. can kind of flip and be like, wait a second, why am I doing everything for everyone all Mm -hmm. the time? Exactly. And that's the key thing is that generators don't know a a new path where it's like, oh, I can see that everything can be win-win where like if I'm making myself happy, I can actually witness that other people are just randomly like happier without me even trying. That makes sense. And that's what they need to really understand is like it isn't a I sacrifice myself for you to be happy. It's when I'm genuinely happy, then all the right people around me will by default be happier too. That makes so much sense. Mm. Because a generator like him, who's happy, who's feeling fulfilled, Mm -hmm. who's getting the time to do what they love Mm -hmm. and filling themselves up, there are such magnets to be around. Yeah, And then it's impossible not to be happy. But like yes. when they're weighed down by not doing anything that they love because they're helping others so much, mm-hmm. like you can kind of read the energy of that too. Yeah. And it's not so helpful for yeah. anybody else. And they just feel really, um, you know, uh, I guess burnt out by life or really annoyed by life because their, what we call their not self theme, which is like the thing that they become when they're not living their design is frustration. Mm -hmm. And frustration is not necessarily obvious. Like, oh, I'm frustrated. It's like energy gets frustrated, meaning sometimes things just feel blah or uninspiring or just like stagnant and un 
juicy to them. Like life just stops becoming like rose colored because they just get a bit like beaten down. And so for them to see that, hold on, I have complete control over this in the sense that I can genuinely experiment with life and experiment with the universe where I say, universe, hold on a second. What if I only start doing the things that genuinely light me up and start saying no to more things that don't? What is going to happen? But the question is, are they brave enough to embark on that experiment to to show themselves that we live in a win-win universe? You know what I mean? Rather than a, I have to lose out for someone else to win. So that's really the main thing with a generator is like so many people that are generators say, but I don't know what lights me up. And I always say the first thing to do is to start clearing the space, like start saying no to things that you feel like you had to do out of duty. Maybe your mom still praises you for going to dinner at her house every Friday night, but you have to take the risk to say, I'm not going to do that anymore because it doesn't make me happy. Maybe in the short term, she'll be pissed off. But actually, if it's the best thing for you, it's also going to be the best thing for her. Mm -hmm. So you have to try it. And that's how you break out of that cycle. I like that because that really goes to show that when we're living in alignment with our human design and with our highest self, Mm. then it helps other people do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Even if we're so worried that by acting in that way, then we're going to be letting them down or disappointing them or Mm -hmm. not living up to what they are used to us doing Mm -hmm. or being. Yeah. But really we're always helping them. Yeah. So I really love that because our energy bounces off of each other. Yeah. And generators, when they are living their design are literally just the most, I mean, you can't take your eyes off them, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not like, oh, some people are 100% living their design and some people aren't. It's like, you know when any generator is doing it the right way because it's like, you just can't get enough of them. They're like addictive people. Right. As you know, you know. You know what your husband's like when he's excited. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then manifestors. (laughs) So manifestors, it's interesting. Um, I know one very well, so I feel like I, I... I'm so familiar to the energy of a manifester. My sister's a manifester and she's like my favorite person on earth. And manifestors are people who, again, the literature is going to lead you the wrong way because the literature will say manifestors have a repelling aura and when they're living their design, they're just repelling people and this and that. Oh my gosh. Which is so terrible. Yeah, what? But you have to remember that Ra Uruhu, who's the guy who founded human design, was a manifester. And yeah. Why would he say that about himself? So he was someone who personality-wise didn't really, I mean, correctly for being a manifester, didn't give a shit what other people thought. Um, But also the energy of every manifester is to start things. It's to bring things in. It's to create a movement. And so Ra Uruhu wasn't, in a way, he was living his design because he wasn't concerned about how human design was interpreted. He wasn't micromanaging how it was received to everybody. He wasn't holding people's hands through it. He was like this is what it is. He was an atheist. So he gave the whole thing a lens, like the way he expressed it. You, of course, if you're an atheist, you're not going to express it in a spiritual or conscious, quote unquote, conscious way. So he obviously channeled it through his own self, which we all do. Um, And he would be like, oh, I don't care if you're eating roadkill or if you're eating the finest steak. Or he'd be like, you know, first you're born and then you die. And that's just how it is, you know? So that's who he was. And so he would say, manifestors have a repelling aura because I believe what he meant to say was manifestors, they have an aura that is very selective because they're here to create movements. So think about famous manifestors are like J.K. Rowling, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, Gloria Steinem. They're people that literally like, 
created new worlds within this world. Mm, okay. That's so cool. It's so cool. And basically every manifester isn't supposed to be concerned with who comes into that world or not come, who doesn't come into that world with them. All they're supposed to care about is creating that world. And if someone comes across a manifester and sees a world, let's say, for example, someone read a Harry Potter book and was like, you know what, it's just not my thing. Then it's the universe with this selective aura at work because it's saying, you know what, the right people that are supposed to come into this world come in and the people that don't drive with it just wow. don't drive with it. That sounds just like the manifester in my life, the way that I was telling you a couple of days ago. Oh, really? One of my good friends from college is a manifester. Mm-hmm. And she may or may not be the only manifester that I know in human design personally in my close circle of friends. And that's her to a T, just 100%. So creative, so smart, so brilliant, and also so everything you're saying. Wow. Like in the best kind of way. That's amazing. really interesting. Yeah. So I think it needs a reframe because people think like, oh, that means they're just not likable people and that's not true at all. No. The only time... most, Yeah. Like it would be pretty extreme maybe one way or the other. Yeah. But actually the only time that a manifesto is repelling is when they're not living their design, which is when they are giving too much of a shit of how people think about them. Definitely. And then that leads them into people pleasing and to staying Mm -hmm. small and to apologizing and to you know, doing too much to kind of like micromanage other people's um, reaction to you. So I like to say selective aura with manifestors because it's like if you're living your design, the energetics between people is going to mean that the right people that are supposed to get on your bandwagon are drawn to you. And the people that are just not supposed to be in your life, it's not that they have like a negative reaction. It's just that they go, oh, it's not, it's not my thing. It's not for me. That makes sense. So it's really fascinating because they are, of course, like I'm sure a lot of us have issues with like people pleasing and all this kind of stuff. Um, Just like many people have issues with being codependent in the way we just spoke about generators. But the way I like to think about it is if we have like, we have the perfect proportions of different kinds of energy types with the different kinds of lessons that they come here to bring. And it's just that if you work on the lesson of your energy type and your profile and your authority, then you're healing like your corner of the world. It doesn't mean that yeah. other people don't have other stuff as well or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's because we all have such gifts, mm. which is the thing to remember. hundred percent. manifesting generators. How? Yeah. Okay. So this is the question I've been wondering for so long. Like they're a blend mm-hmm. of manifestors and generators how does that work? I mean, does that mean they're super dual personality? Does that mean that they're so similar to generators or manifestors? Are they truly their own type? Mm. I mean, I know they're their own type. Yeah. But how much? Good question. So if you want to get technical, what makes a generator a generator is that they have the sacral chakra colored in, which is that um, that box that's kind of, when you're looking at a chart, it's the box that's like second one from the bottom second one up from the bottom. And that's the sacral chakra. And basically what why that makes you a generator is because the sacral chakra is all about desire and it's all about creativity. And so it's basically saying that when something um, sparks your generator engine, it, you create more energy. And so that's what makes a generator. And what makes a manifester is when you have um, one of the, what we call motor centers, which is the ego, the ego or the emotions or the, um, you can also be a splenic manifester when you have one of those things lit up and it's directly connected to the throat. So when you have a manifesting generator, it's literally that you have 
the sacral chakra and you also have one of those centers connecting directly to the throat. So you basically have both energies inside you. Now, when you're like a super classic manifesting generator, the sacral and the throat are directly connected to each other as well. Not just connected to other things. They're like connected to each other. Right. So with a manifesting generator, it's interesting because a lot of the early literature doesn't even talk about manifesting generators and it just clogs them all into the generator category. Um, So there's like, you know, there's like, I kind of liken it to that debate where people say like, it's honey vegan, you know, like some vegans are on one side and others right. are on another. In human design, it's kind of similar because some people just don't even think that manifesting generators are that different from generators. But to me, they really are because the difference is, so what they have from generators is that when they're lit up, they create more energy. And what they have from manifestors is they have that instant sort of like, they have this urge, this spontaneity to them that is very um, quick. And in human design, what we call manifesting is not what you and I would call manifesting, i.e. turning things into reality. But with manifesting energy, it's like just by speaking something into existence, it's that quick. Like you can you can make things happen by literally talking. So every like every royal person, every ruler in history, they've all been manifestors because all they did was tell people what to do. And that's what was like making stuff happen is like you talk and it becomes real. That isn't the case anymore because manifestors that are being born today don't want to be bossing people around and telling everyone what to do. They just want to be left in peace to go create their own world and like have fun and play. So what manifesting generators, when you combine those two energies of manifesting energy and generating energy, it's literally like there's so much spontaneity, but then there's also this like huge amount of like engine energy to kind of back it up. And so when you mix those two things together, it's someone who's like, wants to go in so many different directions. So the difference between an MG and a man of, and a generator is that generators, what's classically said is that they really are people that master a craft. It's like mm. they do this like long dance with like this specific energy that they have or the specific skill that they have and they do it for lifetimes until they refine, that refine, refine, refine. Whereas an MG is like, I want to do a little of this. I want to do a little bit of that. I want to somehow blend it together and make sense of it. And I want to go and have three different kinds of careers and juggle it all. And they come across as very capable people, but it's slightly more independently capable in a manifesting generators case. Whereas generators are like people, people. They just love to be with people. Oh my God. mm. Again, human design <laughs> is so accurate. I've never seen a system like it in my life. It's and crazy. I'm obsessed with all the systems. I love astrology. I love mm. everything I've really, you know, come across mm-hmm. in all of these different fields of how we classify our personalities and our energy and our given our individual times and places of birth, etc. I have never heard of anything like human design Mm. where when you're describing manifesting generators you're describing katie and these people that you know i mean sorry everyone listening if you don't know katie my best friend it's just it blows my mind like katie and kenzie who was recently on the podcast such a manifesting generator oh really love love for you to look at her chart oh my god Um, with pleasure beyond i mean jonathan a generator Mm. claire my friend manifester You are quintessential projector Mm -hmm. along with so many other people in my life. Mm. And then me as a reflector, the thing about being a reflector and anyone else who's listening, who who's a reflector will understand this is it's, it's wonderful and it's super confusing because everything Mm. that you're saying about all the types, (laughs) I relate to. So it's almost like, who 
am I? Mm-hmm. But that is who I am. Yeah. And so to embrace that is is beautiful, but it's also goes along with what I think about super highly sensitive people, mm. which is definitely a reflector, which mm-hmm. is that we did come to this earth to do the extra work to mm-hmm. being a reflector requires a lot of soul searching every single day Yeah, to remind yourself and find out who am I? Mm. And it's okay if you're different every day, but, it, but there's also a core value of who you are to yeah. stay true to. Yes. But everything you're saying manifestors manifesting you identify oh yeah yeah but then also not at all because i'm like wow. that's so me but mm. that's so not me oh wow and how confusing is that yeah to be like that kind of person because it is so me in a sense but maybe i change every hour yeah and that's where i feel i guess truly if a reflector was similar to any type it would be a projector because i really identify with the whole non-energy being, Mm, mm -hmm. which I always try to explain to people and Mm -hmm. we can have you do this and do a better job (laughs) on the podcast, doesn't mean that we don't have energy. It doesn't mean that we can't be totally energized Mm -hmm. and the life of the party and Mm -hmm. running, running everything, Mm -hmm. running the show, totally running a business. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean any of that, but it just means our energy exchange is with different. the world is different. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you're right. So we are, projectors and reflectors are the non-energy beings and then the other three are energy beings. And the only difference really is that, think about, go back to the generators who when they're lit up, they're producing energy, right? And think about manifesting generators when that fire, it's exactly the same when that fire is stoked, you produce energy. And when manifestors have what we call an urge, a spontaneous urge of, oh, I just feel like doing something without even knowing why they feel like doing it. They just go and do it. Mm -hmm. That produces a lot of energy. We get our energy from other people's excitement and other people's energy firing off. And what we do is we um, magnify that. So for us to have energy put us around other people. And that's all it means. It means that you ha- the way that you funnel energy comes from outside of yourself, comes from others. Whereas for them three, they can create, like they start their own energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that of course, we're not all here to be with each other and we all feed off each other in different ways, but it's to do with like, where do you get your engine from? Do you ride the wave of other people's energy like we do? Or do you, and you know, you can be around people and all of a sudden get like a huge burst of you know, and you can be like almost the most energized person out of all of them. Right? Totally. That's the amazing thing. That's, that's why I guess I'm saying I relate so much to all the types, but just at different stages of my day. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so interesting. Yeah, I could be the most energized, the most social, mm-hmm. the most bursting at the seams with everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I could also be completely needing to be left alone Mm. and like I was telling you the way I woke up today with every muscle in my body throbbing Mm. and I had a phone call and I had to just keep putting it off because until my body was ready there was no way to even get on the phone Mm. and maybe a generator or a manifesting generator could not relate to that because I know someone like my husband could not relate to that Mm. like "Mm, you just do what you got to do would be maybe how he would feel where I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. no, no, everything has to be on my body and my soul and my spirit's mm. terms. Yeah, I'm convinced that that's one of the things that you, one of the like 
pieces of universal wisdom that you are here to show other people how to do though, because I think everybody would be better off if we listen to, you know, not this old beliefs of like sooner is better, quicker is going to get you there quicker. Like none of that stuff I don't think is relevant anymore. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that I think you so innately know in your body in your body's wisdom as a reflector that you actually are here to teach everybody, you know, no matter if you are a manifesting generator. I mean, I know a ton of exhausted MGs that are like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm an MG because I'm so tired. Totally. And it's because we are trying to push and force and, you know, try and do things in such a cookie cutter way, including get to success and get to happiness, you know? Yeah. It's so true. So So it's really fascinating that you say that with so much like knowing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know it so deep in my bones. Mm -hmm. That's why learning that I'm a reflector has changed everything in my life Mm -hmm. because it's just showed me that what I'm here to teach Mm -hmm. and it's just given me that extra layer to understand why I'm so different. And Mm -hmm. I think the first reading I ever had with you was the first time that I learned that being so different is a is not a bad thing yeah right yeah. always thought even up until that time in my life which was not that long ago that it just it's such a bad thing to be so different yeah and now the things that that has opened up for me to mm. know that being different and being tired and and sick so mm-hmm. thank god i met you before i got really oh my gosh sick. yes because what would that have done to my mind to oh, wow. out of control to yeah. be a reflector who is also bedridden from a disease for the wow. last two years wow chills that's crazy I know, me yeah. too. so it's it's really interesting because i think that that's like the main lesson that human design is trying to give everybody is that we Um, all the things that you still believe is like wrong with you, all the things that you're not, you're not them for a reason because there's other things in your chart where they come easy to you. You can do them in your sleep without even any effort. Like those are things you're meant to emphasize. And if your parents had said to you in your whole childhood, like these random things that you're good at, like flower arranging or bringing people together, these are things that are going to make you like a bajillionaire. You'd feel so different about those things. Totally. And that's the only thing that's missing is that you haven't had societal or familial programming to back up what is strong in you and what your innate genius is. Exactly. And it's also interesting because I think a lot of people like, for example, if you're a generator and um, I'm getting this one a lot recently is whether like I, I identify so much with being a reflector though. And I'm like, okay, well, what is it that you identify with being a reflector? And they go, well, I'm more kind of like, you know, slow and I'm not so kind of push and like, I'm not so energized. And, and sometimes obviously barring um, if, if you don't feel that way, cause you're not living your design. Sometimes you look at a generator's chart and they only have two centers, energy centers colored in, right? Mm -hmm. So out of your nine energy centers colored in, you you only have two out of nine colored and your seven are white. You are going to feel a little bit more reflector-ish in the sense that you're going to feel more open. You're going to feel more receptive, but you're not going to still, the way that you exchange energy with the world around you, which is what your energy type is, is still like a generator, i.e. you still have that sacral. You're still going to have to wait until you're lit up and then go do something. And then that's when you're going to have the energy to do something. We'll never understand what it's like to be a reflector unless you actually are a reflector. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's still, there's, 
there's variables within every energy type, obviously, like how sensitive you are. There are certain gates that tell you you're more, se- more sensitive. The way your arrows point, for example, the profile, the authority, right. there's so many other things. Yeah, that's something else I want to get into because I was actually thinking mm. while we're sitting here, could we pull up my chart? Because mm-hmm. there, it's so funny because you and I talk every day. We're such good friends. But mm-hmm. there have been things about my chart I've been wondering for ever. What? That I've, well, it's so funny. I should just ask you any, yeah. at any given day, but here we are. So it's perfect. Perfect. Because I forget about my own details, like mm-hmm. my pointing of the arrows. I mm-hmm. forget about my numbers, which mm-hmm. I think you know what my numbers yeah, are. Yeah, you're a four six. Right. And I want to talk about what that means because yes. I think a lot of people, given the questions that we're getting on Instagram today mm-hmm. so far, uh, want to know more about what the numbers mean mm-hmm. and the authorities and the arrows. Oh, interesting. Because we have we have an audience who's ready to dive deep. Yeah, and, and I if, love that. And if anyone who's listening to this episode right now just feels like we're speaking a foreign language, that's the great thing that we have three <laughs> previous episodes mm-hmm. because you will learn and then you'll be ready to go this deep. Mm-hmm. Some people are just already ready to go this deep totally. without even knowing because it's so interesting. Mm. So... I'm curious yeah. about my chart. So um, as a reflector, you can only really have one authority because the authority is really interesting because the authority basically is is your um, personalized roadmap on how to make decisions. So for example, if you are a generator with sacral authority, it's basically saying that you have to listen to your gut because your gut rules your whole chart. Everybody has a part of their body that governs their decision-making, kind of like the MVP of all your energy centers. Like they're all a team, but one of them is in charge, right? And that's essentially what your authority is. Is like, which part of your body makes your decisions. So for me, I'm emotional authority, meaning that I have to work with my emotions before I can get clarity on what to do next. means I can get very swept up by if I'm in a good mood, I'll probably say yes to a hundred things, which later on I'll be like annoyed about that I said yes, or I didn't even really mean, or I didn't think about it properly and I have to sleep on it and I have to take my time and I have to buy myself time and say, let me come back to you. I can't just be like, yeah, oh my God, count me in because chances are next day I'll wake up and be like, oh, why did I commit to that thing? I so didn't Mm -hmm. want to, or that's not right for me. I can see now that I've slept on it, that it wasn't aligned for me. So with your authority as a reflector, you can only be one authority because all reflectors are totally white in terms of their energy centers. Right. And so therefore what happens to them is that they have to, like how everybody else um, is what we call a solar being, which means that they have something in them that is kind of like dominant and shines out of them when they walk in the room. A reflector is more kind of misty with their aura. You can't kind of like grab them and like figure them out as easily. Definitely not because we can't even figure ourselves out half the time. So you can't, it's very difficult to see a reflector truly because what you're really seeing is a reflection of yourself when you're with a reflector. Is that what you see when you're with me? Yeah. That's very cool. Everything, if you ever meet a reflector, think about the way you would describe them and that's exactly you. Oh, wow. So, you know, that whole like spiritual principle of like the other person is you and stuff. Mm-hmm. Think of it like a reflector is the only, it's like the most extreme version of that because they truly are like chameleons and blank slates. So they are able to reflect yourself back to you. Mm-hmm. And they say that that's the highest form of wisdom, which is different than what a projector might be doing, which is say, you could do this differently. You should go here. You should try it this way. Here's a new system for you. A reflector is just showing up with their energy and being like, what do you want to see? You know? Yeah. 
So I love that. That feels like what I do mm. without trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, without yeah, without even knowing. Even knowing yeah, that I was a reflector back before I knew about this stuff. Yeah, that's super interesting. So with every reflector, because they don't have an energy center inside them that's making the decisions, they are ruled by, as you know, the moon cycle. And what that means is that every lunar cycle for a reflector is like a phase of their life. It's like a year for most people, Mm -hmm. right? So like everyone else has solar years and like reflectors have lunar years because they're lunar beings. And so what it means is that, and I, again, people say with, with, um, reflectors, the authority is, you know, waiting a 28 day cycle before you make a decision. The way I think about it is there is a theme that you need to explore within each moon cycle. And within that moon cycle, answers will reveal themselves that you're looking for from anything. It doesn't mean that it's going to be, oh, you'll have to make a decision today. That means you have to wait 28 days to figure out the answer. Mm -hmm. It just means that between now and the end of this moon cycle, it will it will kind of tie itself up. It will come to a close because the theme will happen. Mm -hmm. So that's your authority because within you, you don't have um, a a consistent energy center that's kind of telling you to do something. You know what it's, you know what it feels like to have your gut speak to you. You know what it feels like to have your ego speak to you. You know what it feels like to have your spleen speak to you, but these things come and go. And so you can't count on them to always be giving you the same piece of Mm -hmm. advice, saying the same thing to you day in, day out, like other people can. That makes sense. Um, but you're a four six, which I don't know if we've spoken about on the podcast before. I don't really is your think profile. We have. Yeah. And it's I love that this is coming up because profile is probably my favorite. I just think it's like the most underrated, under talked about part of the whole of human design. Yeah. Um, because your energy type is how you exchange energy with other people. Your authority is how you make decisions, but your profile is your personality. Oh wow. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people mistake energy type for being your personality, which yeah. is why they get caught up on like, oh, but I should be loud if I'm a manifester or, oh, I should be like, you know, super quiet and meek if I'm a projector. And right. that's not true. And I saw a lot of people sending in those questions today. Oh, like really? Someone said they feel like a very introverted generator. Mm. And so they were asking why. Mm-hmm. But this makes sense because then it would go to the profile. Profile, yeah. Okay, so what's a 4-6 like? Yeah, so... In your profile, you have two numbers and the first number, you have numbers can be between one and six. The first number, the one that comes first is your way that you see yourself. And the number that comes second is the way that other people see you. So you're always going to be more familiar with your first number than you are with your second number. And are people ever like a four, four? Like they're ever the no. way? Other- oh, interesting. Yeah. So you have 12 different profiles. Um, you have a group of what we call personal karma profiles. So that's a one, three, a one, four, a two, four, a two, five, a three, five, a three, six, and a four, six. And those people are basically people who have, who come here with like a more quote unquote selfish karma, meaning that they have to learn how to be more selfish in this life. They have to learn to actually prioritize their life experience. And not to say that other people are going to have to lose out or that you have to trot on other people to get where you want to go, but just that you have to like, remember that when you find your own worth, when you're building yourself up, that should be the focus of your life. Mm -hmm. And then you have, um, something in the middle, um, which is called the, uh, it's called the juxtaposition karma. Those are four, one people and four, one people are basically people who don't really have that much of a heavy karma. They didn't come here to like 
help others or help their, their, their own worth directly. But they do come here to basically remind people that life is supposed to be this like easy, effortless, light, just we're here to have fun, guys. Like oh, that's nice. what four one people. They're just like, guys, it doesn't have to be this karmic journey all the time. Like a lot of the times four one people have done a lot of their karmic stuff already. So they're just like, okay, now it's time to play. Fun. And that's what a four one has to learn. Okay, cool. And then you have five twos, five ones, six threes, and six twos. And those are people who genuinely we call them transpersonal karma because they genuinely are here to help other people and they love helping other people. It doesn't mean they obviously can't be kind to themselves or any of that stuff, but it means that they really have this thing with like helping, fixing, sorting out other people. So it's really fascinating because again, even like common spiritual language and could be like, your purpose here is to help others or your purpose here is to help yourself. Like it's genuinely different for different people. Yeah. You know, that's very cool. So being a four, six, um, the technical name for it is the opportunist role model. Now, I don't like the words at all. Um, and so what what I, in in like sort of my system, we call it the four sixes, the regal authority figure. And the regal authority figure, four sixes are basically people who, they're born innately with wisdom. Like they just don't know why they know what they know, but they just have this wisdom. They're always the center of their like friends, family. They're like the glue that keeps it all together and the one that connects everyone around them. So they're like the hub of a social circle or many social circles. Are you a four six too? No. Oh, okay. Okay. They, um, they are, trust is so big for four sixes. Like trust is everything to them. And four six people are the classic, like, you know, I always think that like rom-coms are made for four sixes because they genuinely are people that want to like get married, have a family, like have a beautiful job. Like it's just that quintessential, like dream rom-com dream life type of thing. They want to fall in love. They want to find their person. Like that's everything that a four six wants. Now, what's interesting about the life of a four six though, is that the first 30 years up until their set in return, they live the six as more of a three. So you become a four six later on, but the initial part of your life is a lot of like Life, life feeling like a roller coaster, basically. And mm-hmm. so you're not so connected or you're not so aware of your innate wisdom from that six right. early on in your life. And you come to realize that about yourself once life has kind of like thrown you around a bit where you're like, hold on a second. No, I don't need these lessons. I'm already wise. Thank you. Like yeah. I know what I know and I've already known it long before all this shit came along. Oh my God, this is so insane. <laughs> now this is speaking to me as much as being a reflector. Yeah. Profile what? is so important. Yeah. So Go Macro is my number one, my favorite vegan protein bar company. I'm really not even a bar person at all. So the fact that I eat Go Macro every day tells you a lot. It's the only food that I ate at my wedding. I've talked about this a few times. I had like three Go Macro bars that day because I could trust that I was going to feel good. They wouldn't bloat me. They would make me feel amazing and they would give me energy. So are you ready for some exciting Go Macro news? They have just released their newest flavor, which is double chocolate with peanut butter chips. And it is so good. It blends peanuts, fair trade vegan chocolate, creamy organic peanut butter, and their very own house-made peanut butter chips. So 
They also tossed in some chocolate chips, which I love because, you know, I'm a chocolate person. All Go Macro bars are made from simple, high-quality ingredients and are certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free. So you can get your hands on Go Macro's new double chocolate and peanut butter chip macro bar by going to gomacro.com and using the promo code BLONDE for 30% off plus free shipping. So that's B-L-O-N-D-E for 30% off plus free shipping. Um, Basically, their new product is their take on a classic peanut butter cup. So that blend of peanuts, chocolate, it's so good. Um, It's their newest bar. They also have nut-free bars. They have FODMAP-friendly bars. So you can check out all their different flavors at gomacro.com with the code BLONDE, which will get you 30% off plus free shipping. So thank you, GoMacro, for sponsoring love working with these sponsors that I just adore that I use in my daily life anyway. It's it's honestly such a gift and it's so exciting to have them supporting the show. So thank you, Go Macro. Can we talk about how my Saturn return was insane? Really? And it just ended. Really? In November, basically wow. two weeks after the wedding. Oh my goodness. So I was in my Saturn return for about two years, as most people are. Mm-hmm. Mine started a little early. Um, really? Early, given that like I'm 29 now, so uh-huh. people would wow. still be in their Saturn return. Oh yeah. But um, technically, according to the actual planets, mine ended in November. And Amazing. It was super intense. If you categorized the beginning and the end of the extremely intense part of my sickness, that mm-hmm. would have been my whole Saturn <gasps> return. Wow. And I know I'm still healing, but the end of the extreme part of it where I couldn't live my life and I couldn't use my brain and I was just out of control sick mm-hmm. really ended right around the time of our wedding. Amazing. And then my, I also think it's really interesting that I got married during my Saturn return and that Mm -hmm. it was at such the end of it, almost as this gift from the universe to say it's time to celebrate again. And we're on our way out of the Saturn return. Wow. It's really interesting. That's so cool. And I had been told by a few different astrologers that my Saturn return would be gnarly. Really? So Before it started? Um. Well, right as it was starting, right as I really got into learning what it was, because I think most people who were born in the year that I was born, 1990, were having a Saturn and Capricorn um, return. And Saturn and Capricorn is all about work and Mm. it's very tough. And it's Mm. like all of a sudden, this big earth sign was descending upon my life where Mm. I am an air sign Mm. with the... Aquarius rising, I'm a mm-hmm. Cancer moon, yeah. I'm a reflector, like, yeah. oh my God, all of these lessons from Capricorn were really like a slap in the face wow. and to my nervous system was mm. incredibly tough. Wow. And that's why, I mean, Sagittarius is the house of health. So I was convinced mm-hmm. Sagittarius had to be involved in this <sighs> Saturn return, but no, you can get lessons from any incredible any planet, but yeah, incredible. Did you have an interesting experience with your Saturn return? Yeah, my well, my inter- my interesting experience with my Saturn return was that I um before this I had a food business and um 
I had so much resistance to doing human design as a career because I just was like, I just viewed all that stuff as fluffy and, you know, I just looked down on it a bit, you know? And I just thought, no, with work, you have to be like business. You have to have like a serious business with like product. And you know what I mean? I had so much resistance to just doing things a different way. And, um, I think my Saturn return Saturn just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me to really let go of that rigidity and that need to have so much of a structure and create a different kind of structure, which I have now. And so when my Saturn return hit, like right in the height of it was when I closed my business without even knowing that, um, was when I closed my previous business. Um, I, I think I broke up with my previous boyfriend in my Saturn return. I met my now, um, fiance. So it was a lot of changes, but mostly to me internally, you know, like all that rigidity and that hardness that I was brought up with and praised for as a kid, like just let like every single aspect of that and how that was showing up in my life, let it go. Um, but four sixes specifically have their Saturn return is like extra important to, um, their lives. Mm. Um, and so is, um, anybody really with a six in their profile, pay attention because your Saturn return is when you go from this archetype of experimenting to this archetype of coming into more settled wisdom. It depends on where the placement is. So for you, you are like, oh, I had this wisdom all along and how it shows up in the four, like, you know, it makes a combine it makes a difference what other combination your number six is with. But in the life of every six, your Saturn return is extra, extra important. Yeah. That makes sense Mm. also because up until that time in my life, I was pretty tuned out to any intuitive gifts that I had or psychic gifts or anything. I think it was part of my life when I was very young, but I didn't even view it that way. And then I really went on a different path with my life and have slowly been brought back to it ever since around the beginning of my Saturn return, maybe a little bit before that. Wow. When was the first time that you saw someone's face? Shapeshift? Yeah. Nicola, the uh, the shaman in Ojai that was a friend of mine. So talk about people who were in healthy food business and then became into the <laughs> spiritual world because Nicola and I knew each other from, she had an almond milk company and then she moved to Ojai and is a shaman and she did a lot of spiritual work and she asked me to come see her there. We barely knew each other, by the way, from the almond milk thing, but that's how we met. Mm -hmm. So it was very interesting that she said, I'm hearing your name. Angels are whispering your name to me. I want you to come see me. And this was the very beginning of my spiritual journey. So So this is before your session return? It was, so I'm trying to think now, it was three years ago. So yeah, I guess it would have been right around the very beginning of my Saturn return. Wow. Because it was coming up on three years ago, if I'm calculating it correctly. Oh, wow. Um, huh. Which it was, yeah, because I was already with Jonathan. So it wasn't like it was any longer than that. So she asked me to come in. We sat there. Oh, my God. And I stared into her face and she was crying and we were having this whole our third eyes were connecting and she was feeling it way more than I was because she was much more in tune with it. But I watched her face shapeshift and I was screaming. Wow. I was freaking out because I had never seen anything like it. Mm. And the, the crazy thing was I had heard about it maybe like two weeks before that someone 
mentioned to me the whole shape-shifting thing that that some people can see people's faces morph and crazy so it was almost like it was brought into Mm. my consciousness so that I would know that it was a thing Mm. but I don't even remember who said it or why fascinating and then just I watched her face shape-shift into many different things including galaxies where her face would just disappear so I always left that session with her And it was so cool because she taught me about Pleiadians and other things, thinking that that was her power and and that she was so powerful and she is and and she is so powerful and tapped in. But over time, it was actually Shaman Durek, who's been on this podcast, who said, no, no, Jordan, that's your gift. Wow. You see people's faces shapeshift. Wow. And you see people's faces morph and... um. And, and, you know, and many people can see that and I can't see it in everyone, but I see it in people who are really, and I'm seeing it in yours right now. Me? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is not You've never seen that. I know, but. That's so crazy. You're such an alien. Really? Yeah. What do you see? The thing is, okay, so I'll tell you and, and I'll tell you why I don't always see it in you or in certain people. And it's because. Oh, I have chills. There's so many factors that go into it because mm. I started noticing a pattern with it where, because I first saw it with Nicola, I saw it with Shaman Durek, and then I forget who else after, but it went on and it was usually shamans or mm. it was people who have done a lot of spiritual work, but then sometimes I would see it in others as well. And... um there have to be a few factors involved. It has to be someone who's done a lot of spiritual work in their own life where they have opened themselves up and they know who they are. And then they also have to let that filter down for me to see them. They have to feel really safe and they have to take their regular earthly boundaries down. Oh, because wow. Because if their boundaries are up, mm. then I can't really see it. Mm. Some people walk around the world, including me, I'm pretty sure, with those boundaries down constantly, mm. which is not a bad thing. That's the way I definitely choose to approach the world, which at times is not great for me, but I like approaching the world that way. Um, Interesting. Where you, I'm realizing now, now that I'm seeing your face shapeshift and I'm looking at it, mm. I think even though you're obviously so comfortable with me, whoa. You're showing me everything right now. Jenna. What? Oh my God. You saying. have a monkey too. Really? Oh my God. Wow. That was so deep. Let's see if it keeps happening. I'm just like seeing your reaction. I don't know what you're seeing. I know. It's I kind know. of funny. I know. Lots of animals. Wow. Really? Things I have never seen before. Really? Mm-hmm. So when I saw a monkey in Lacey's face, I just saw that in your face as well. So that would be something to look into too. And I don't mm. know if that means you have a spirit animal with you all the time. And I would love to know the spirit of the monkey. Mm, interesting. Playful energy. But I also saw a giraffe. Oh, wow. I've never seen a giraffe before. Giraffes are my favorite animal. Uh, That's amazing. And the first thing I saw and what I'm still seeing right now, because literally one half of your face is shape-shifting and one half of it is mostly looking like you. Wow. Whoa. 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 This is so funny. The monkey. The monkey. Wow. It's coming forth over and over again. Wow. 
And the first thing that I was seeing was a lot more alien, which is really cool. Hmm. Wow. For anyone who's like, this is the funnest funnest experience because your whole face is like looking, like (laughs) I just feel like it's looking so deep into Mm -hmm. me. It's like you, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like a laser. Your eyes are like lasers right now. And there is a filter, there's like a filter that comes over your face. It's like this shadow that I'm trying to avatar it's like a monkey avatar and we need to look i i have a lot to learn and so for everyone listening and for for you as well like this is so cool for mm. me as well and thank yeah. you for letting me look so oh deeply gosh. into your energy because now i'm learning this beautiful avatar woman that wow. is you wow is here crazy and, oh my god and she's so powerful and so comfortable she is like Okay, now I want to rewatch the movie Avatar because I've never when, seen I, it. when I watched it years ago, I didn't, I wasn't into it. Um, let's learn about avatars because yeah. you have such avatar energy. Whoa! And so what I see in people's faces um, is it means a lot of things. It's it's the spirits that are with you, and it's your past lives, and it's you in all dimensions. Wow! So That's you have so an crazy. avatar woman in another dimension who's maybe like she's like your fifth dimensional being the way that I feel like I'm very Pleiadian you're very avatar and I'm this is so cool to learn this about you wow and I did see alien energy at first too but maybe it was the avatar coming through it's funny because Dara always says you're an avatar and I never knew what that meant um I've never seen the movie so I have no idea let's learn more but the monkey the monkey was like speaking to me because I kept being like, okay, let's shift. Let's see more. And the monkey kept was coming back. here. Wow. What a cool experience. And yours is like, yours is like this really powerful female maternal monkey. Ooh. And Lacey's monkey is for sure, was for sure a male monkey that huh. lives on her property. So, Whoa. I mean, the energy lives on her property. So weird. this was different. This was yeah. really different. And that's so weird about the giraffes though too because giraffes are like my favorite and I like mm-hmm. love that giraffes. That was a really I'm, like, strong obsessed one with them. too. Isn't but that your crazy? Avatar girl, she was like so smiley and so wise. Oh, wow. Oh my God. I want to learn so much more. <laughs> it was really deep. But that was very, that was very cool. It's funny because we obviously like, yeah, once you get in a conversation, you just don't know where. I mean, I never, just definitely did not when you press play. Me see neither. It coming, never... getting, winding up here. But when your eyes started like fixating on me, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, it, I'll it just is go like with it laser, and see what right? happens. Yeah. It, it's so intense. Something happens in my body where it's like, like really? my heart becomes really happy like it's this really my heart like blossoms open and I just see wow but like I said the other person they have to be so spiritually aware of Mm. themselves and they have to be so open and that's why the other day when Kenzie who's on this podcast walked through my door and already her face was gone and all I saw was the galaxy I was like you are not 23 you wow. are a very old soul. Wow. And she was like, I know. Wow. So that was really cool. And everyone's so different. And and Kelsey Patel, who I've looked into her soul on the podcast, she she has such strong boundaries, like healthy boundaries, where she took them down so I could see and it was really powerful. And then she's like, Yeah, I, she puts them up like in mm. you know, in the world, which is smart. Mm. I think 
I could probably do more of that too. Really? And I think you have really healthy boundaries because mm. that's never... Yeah. I had to try and then we had to open it. Yeah. And then, and then it was Interesting. There. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. think that, you know, there's so much um, chat about boundaries and what about, ba- you know, having boundaries and all this stuff. And I, I was talking to my sister about this the other day where we were saying like, I just don't think that boundaries is my, I've never had a problem with like saying no or like, you know, doing too much. Like I've never had like a boundary. I don't feel, I almost feel like I have the opposite problem where I have to learn how to be a bit more um, uh, adventurous where I have to start saying yes to more things. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I have to be more open rather than more boundaried. That's great. Um, it is, but it's just a different, it's, it's just a, a different, different problem. You know is. what I mean? It's, it's the opposite challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I really feel like, um, I think because we were brought up with so many like um, reservations and so many like so much caution and being so careful about everything, um, and, you know, that's like the responsible way to be and stuff that my sister and I have both really have to push ourselves to be like, no, I'm going to say yes to something even if I don't know for sure it's guaranteed to be a fun thing to do or it's yeah. going to be 100% say, you know what I mean? Just to like play a bit more and explore a bit more. I so maybe that. you never saw it because I was always you know, more boundaried up. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense because the people that like that, um, the other projectors in my life that I'm so close to and you all remind me of each other in a way, which (laughs) is why I'm obsessed with all of you. (laughs) My mom, Jillian, who you've met, Mm -hmm. has been on this podcast with you. You guys all have that same super healthy boundary that I don't have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I could learn to have it more, but like, yeah, you guys don't seem to be so penetrated by other people's mm-hmm. energy, even though you could still be exhausted by yeah. it. Yeah, super aware of it. Yeah, maybe not so like <coughs> it is a penetrated. Thing. Yeah, yes, and and boundaries. Like, I think just what we were saying at the beginning, like duty and making other people happy, is very much like a generated energy uh, association. You know, mm-hmm. so for them, because they are so like people, people, and it's so about like togetherness. And if you dare to not be together, then you're like a bad person to a generator. Do you right. know what I mean? Whereas like projectors are kind of more like, no, I'll, I'll happily like, you know, float in a, in and out, kind of like, you know, leave me to it yeah, sometimes. Or, I love that. you know, it depends. And also, you know, what we're saying about profile, your profile definitely comes into it as well, mm-hmm. because within the profiles, if you have a two in your profile, that's more of a hermit energy. And the mm-hmm. hermit, again, I hate the words of the pro, of the profiles, but the hermit, I'm a two four. Um, and the hermit is like, doesn't want to be disturbed when it's in its process. It just wants to not be like, um, if anyone wants to like come in or whatever, the natural, you have to watch that your natural reaction isn't like, why are you bothering me? Why? And it's sometimes it's like, no, the person just walked into the room, but the two is going like, this person is specifically coming here to bother me. Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Definitely. So there's like a funny, there's a funny um, relationship with other people when you're a two. Um, and just like with every number means something different to how you learn, how you interact with people, how like you get to your wisdom. Um, so many different things, which is why I'm obsessed with profile because people don't yeah. talk about it enough and there's so much to it. Definitely. Um, and and then there's 12. The, the arrows, I want to see... Oh yeah. did Wait, did I just interrupt? No, no, not at all. Okay, I was okay. just saying there's 12 profiles. Oh, there like there's 12, 12 signs. Mm-hmm. So it's like... That's really It's cool. very personality, yeah. yes. Um, so the arrows... Um, so the arrows is really interesting because... 
The arrows mean so much. Like in every arrow, there is a whole subsection of what we call base color and tone, which then also tells you like a thousand other things. Whoa. It's mad. Like so you once could you get into read it, someone's chart for like days. Yeah, days. That's why online you have our access to eight to 10 hours of me reading a chart for you. I can only give you one hour. I have to squeeze that all into one mm-hmm. hour and go over it super quick. Co- quick and when we do a reading but if you look at the library you can literally just go and go and go and it just deeper and deeper it's mad um but the uh, when you look up your chart on my body graph or on jovian archive you only get like a quarter of their full um extent of the information basically Mm -hmm. um so there's like a surface level of of info that your arrows give you um one of the things that i always speak to people about is um the way they manifest, whether that's specific or non-specific. Have we spoken about this before? Yeah, we have. But I'm curious because I forget which way mine point. So you're specific. That makes sense. So um, what you're looking at is the bottom right-hand arrow. And um, if it points to the left, it means that you're specific. So mm-hmm. when when we talk about specific manifestors, that's like very aligned with how... Um, manifestation stuff is spoken about nowadays in this sort of like wider world. I'm not talking specifically about like Lacey, for example, I'm talking about, you know, make your list, make your vision board, that kind of thing. With specific manifestors, it's energetically correct for them to get really honed in on what it is that they want and like really down to the details. I mean, I knew that was me and I wanted to confirm because that is me. Mm -hmm. That's how I manifested Jonathan into my life. It was the most specific thing in the entire world. What were your, what was your like, what were your specifics? So I knew him already, but I didn't realize he would be the one that I was calling in. (sighs) Hudson knew. Um, Because my animal communicator said Hudson needs you to focus on the men who are already in your life because you're going to be with one of your best guy friends. Wow. And I was like, all right, well, that leaves about two people. So wow. I knew, I, fi- I figured it was him. Oh my um, gosh. But before that, it's uh, so crazy because I got out of a relationship. I would love to know that person's human design. Ooh. We will have to figure that out another time. Um, relationship ended. It was not a good one. And I knew, I just felt I want to call love into my life, but i felt so happy as I was as well. And I just got very specific about who I wanted to call in, wrote it all down for basically six weeks and, um, and the way that I wanted to feel. And it was extremely specific. I want this person who I'll be with to be a very close friend of mine. I want my friends and my family to love him super easily because that was something I never had before. I want to be with someone who all my friends are friends with, who my family is obsessed with. Um, Wow. And someone who treats me like a princess and someone who's really into health and fitness, someone who will be vegan with me. (gasps) Like on and on and on. And someone, yeah, who cares about fitness and health more than I do or as much because it's so important to me. Someone who's creative, someone who's sensitive, someone who's poetic. um, Wow. That's super specific. Driven. I could go on. Someone who knows what they want. Someone who wants to have a lot of kids. (gasps) There we are. Just a few weeks later, I'm telling you, Jonathan showed up. It's like he saw me being ready and then he was ready. Amazing. Mm-hmm. God, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So specific manifesto people, um, people that manifest in a specific way, I should say. Sometimes when I say specific manifestors, people think I'm talking about right, just the right. energy type. Um, but people like you, you know, 
the only, I guess, like the main block, like the way that you wouldn't be living your design is if you're someone who's then grown up being like, I don't know what I want or I don't think it's okay to want what I want or Um, I question what I actually want. You know what I mean? Rather than just like mm -hmm. being able to go with it. So for example, you would be blocking yourself if you thought, for example, like, well, I can't ask for a vegan guy because like, and then you'd rationalize it. Well, there's not that many people. So how am I ever going to meet someone if I want them to be vegan? I'm like, what I want Mm. exists. Like yeah. whether it be work or person or anything. You're I so lucky. You're so lucky that you have that, like mm-hmm. that strong inner knowing. Well, you people know? like my parents would tell you and my friends before this life was my life that I was crazy. Like this <laughs> girl thinks she's going to get whatever she wants. Amazing. But I really did think that. Really? And it really did happen. Do you think that's because of, you're like you grew up in an environment which showed you that or do you think that that's your nature both I Mm. think it's my nature and I'm very grateful that I grew up in an environment that fostered Mm. my nature Mm -hmm. and the school that I went to was it was almost like being homeschooled it was this very tiny artistic school and I do believe that had so much to do with how I turned out because it was all a focus on creativity and you can do whatever you want wow Amazing. Yeah. Are, That's so what about cool. you? Are you a specific or non-specific? I'm non-specific. Okay. So non-specific is the other way around where you aren't really supposed to be focusing on the details of what you want. You're supposed to be thinking much more on like the general, like the outcome. So if I, for example, I'm like fixating on like wanting a certain guy, for example, or I like want him to be tall or I want him to, I don't know what, I'm just making this up, um, which I've never felt that way but sometimes I think with work like I fixate on like oh I'd love to get this uh, um, um, milestone or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and then what I have to do is I have to kind of stop and think about like what is it that's behind that that I want because I should focus on that and then realize that that there's so many avenues that can get me to that thing so if I want to like let's say for example if I wanted to have an article written about me let's just say I pick like a specific magazine or something which I haven't actually done because I don't know. I sometimes feel like magazines are not really something I, I don't really think about like print media, but just as an example, like, okay, it isn't actually the magazine that you want that specific magazine and you shouldn't fixate on that. What do you think it's going to get you? Oh, I think it's going to bring more people to find out about me or a different kind of audience. Okay. Okay. Well, in that case, open yourself up to your intention or your desire to have a different kind of audience find you oh I love that you know and Mm -hmm. then focus on that but leave how it fills itself in to the to the universe yeah so with non-specific people I kind of think of them as people that need to learn to let go of control a bit and like micromanaging a little bit in that way of like how things pan out Mm -hmm. whereas I think specifics have to learn like no what I want is like these clues were given to me by the universe so that I could actually like hold them in my vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like the universe gives you more guidance up front and you have it. to like run with it. You know? Yeah. That makes so much sense. Mm. Oh, I love that part so, of it. Yeah, There's so, so many more, elements to a chart. I know. And it's more like all the qualities that you get given in your chart is there because you probably didn't do it the other lifetimes that you were here yeah, or your ancestral line didn't do it that way. And so you need to do the opposite to kind of like heal or become more of a full Mm. human being or to break your natural nature or go against your inclination. So it's not like, you know, it's almost 
too small to be thinking of it as like a personality like this is who you are this is how you are I'm different to you you're this I'm that it's more like these are my lessons Mm -hmm. I have to embody these lessons these personality these traits these qualities this time around not because they're me forever because we know they're not me forever right but because in this lifetime this is what I have to focus on and work with yeah to make me more whole that's really cool yeah that makes sense because for me I feel like it's definitely a ancestral lineage healing type of thing Mm. but also hearing you say that because I'm such an eternal soul kind of thinker makes Mm. me like no I want this to be me forever I really do well if you're a reflector your soul is a reflector for sure oh thank god 100% because when we look at who you are in this lifetime around we look at the conscious and the unconscious and when we look at the or the subconscious or the whatever you want to call it so um if that blueprint in you has um any color in it then you wouldn't be a reflector this time around because the two things would layer on Mm -hmm. top of each other so if you're a reflector this lifetime around then you probably have had I mean you've definitely had a reflector soul the entire time right that makes sense but you've probably been a reflector as well as in like incarnated as a reflector a lot of the time too but that's not a lot of people so it's crazy that you're saying that to me that you're like because when I'm saying oh you've you're different every lifetime you kind of are uh-huh. But as a reflector, you're probably the one case that isn't. That's so funny. So it's funny well, that I'm you glad say that. that I feel that way then. But it's so wild. No, I get that way. When we talk about like um lifetimes and things, like I really I love it's so I know that mm-hmm. the people I love and the people I'm friends with and the people who I really truly love, I will be with in every lifetime in one way or another. But um I also get really like I get very nostalgic for this one. This life, this life is so good. I know. And I'm so glad that you say that because I think that there is this tendency to like, sometimes I feel like I focus on so much of the history of me and the future me and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once again, reminding us of good lessons is like, now it's pretty freaking great. I know. And that is the thing to live in the present moment is, mm. is the goal really. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty, I think it's something that I just keep learning in different um, layers as time goes on. And I'm always like, oh, now I get what living in the present is. And then two weeks later, I'm like, oh no, now this is a yeah. whole different way of doing it. And the more you <laughs> totally. do it, the happier you get. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I want to ask you some questions we put on Instagram for people to ask us some questions. Um there's some there's a lot of great ones Mm. in fact we have answered some of these um have we spoken about your incarnation cross before no let's talk about that so the incarnation cross is the sort of like um the theme of your incarnation like what it is that you're here to do and yours is the right angle cross of penetration. So that means that you're here to really reach people and get through to them. Love. Isn't that crazy? That totally on Isn't point. that absolutely bonkers? Yeah, it yeah. is. It's so you. It really it is. like is so, so you. To a T. And it's by amazing. the way, your most important gate um, actually has to do with um, seeing what's coming next for the world. Yes. So that's another one for you to just to think about. That I that's, do, I do see it, but I see, I see you have a like nose for the, the future. distant future. I would love to see what's coming anytime soon. Um, well, it is actually more the distant future oh, okay. because 
it's interesting. Yeah, it is more the distant future because you're not like, it's not coming from a logical, like predictive place where you're like, well, we've just been into matcha. So what's coming next is this. Right. It's not that at all. No. It's more like... It is long, not logical. Like big, big idea, like big picture. Yeah, it's more like this deep knowing of like things that they just come into my, to, into my mind when I'm on the beach or when I'm in nature and I'm like, oh, the world's going to be this one specific wow. way. I wonder if you started writing those down maybe because it is your most important gift and skill I set. I I feel like I don't hardly tell that many people. That's funny. Yeah, because it comes a lot of times through plant medicine as well. And oh, wow. Because it's me the whole time. Yeah. It's just connecting me deeper to me. Mm. But yeah. I see good things coming just for everyone listening. I do. <laughs> good. Like, I was just going to say, does it turn out well? A <laughs> hundred years from now, a thousand years from now. Yeah, for sure. Wow. I mean, and the good thing is because I believe we will all be back here again at that mm. time. I mean, we can at least choose to be. Mm. Um, we can experience that. Love I it. see more of a heaven on earth. However, oh. I don't know if that's for everyone. I mean, mm. it is ultimately. Mm. I just don't know how long it will take everyone to get there. Mm. And I don't know that it's totally here. Interesting. So I have a lot more to think about. Mm. I could write about it. Mm. Maybe you I should. need to do a Harry Potter style, Jordan style book. Chills. Chills. Mm -hmm. Me too. And oh my God. It's literally your chart is saying, this is your most important gate. So everybody, every single line, every single channel in your chart is a gate, um, is an innate skill or quality or trait that you have. Your most important one is about seeing the future. So, Oh my God. Yeah. I wonder if it says anything in my chart about seeing people's souls the way that I'll see on people's face. Because Ooh. now I can, I literally have not been able to look at you as not an avatar ever since it came <laughs> up and a fish. Like more, thi more things have come up and I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh my goodness. Like, so Aquarius, you're an Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Is that a fish? Because I don't I actually don't know. know. Me neither. But I'm if Aquarius was a fish, I'm seeing this like Zodiac fish. Wow. Maybe I need to just look it up while we're talking. How interesting. Um. Well, if you want to get more specific about looking into the future, it's also then externalizing the future. Like it's also mm, getting it out. That makes sense. Um, which that's why you're a four six because it's all about like externalizing knowledge and going through your network of people, people that you know, your loved ones, your family, your soul family. Um, that's how you get the message out. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Which is why your community is so important to you. So important. Yeah. And also I was thinking about that when you were talking about being a reflector and a non-energy being because I may not, I, I do work on my own, yes, but I need to wake up and um, at some point get on social media and connect with my community because it wakes me up. Wow. And it's like the so antithesis of how everyone says to be productive yeah, in the morning. Yeah, I was morning. just going to say, like people say don't and be on I your don't phone. I don't do it first thing, but, I, but sometimes I do. And when I do, yeah. That's it, awesome. Yeah. God forbid I see something negative and then the whole day gets not good. So that's mm -hmm. why it's not good to do it first. First, first thing. Yeah. God, but it energizes center. you. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So I'm finding some really good questions from people. One of them is from our our friend Kelly Packer, who I love. Oh, I love. Hi, Kelly. Kelly, you're the best. Her new little baby boy. I know. I'm obsessed. So He's so gorgeous. I know. So I love her question. How does Jenna think Pleiadian star seeds and human design are intertwined? Ooh, such a good question. I, um, 
I genuinely think that there's, it's not like an obvious overlap. Like I think they can come in and whatever. I almost think like human design is just the costume that suits you to be able to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like uh, I'm thinking of like men in black, you know, it's like just, it gives you the costume to be able to come here and do what it is you need to do. So you could be from here, you could be from somewhere else. You still need to come back with a manual on how to use your energy, how to make decisions, you know, what's your personality appear like to you and others? What are your mm-hmm. innate like traits and gifts? Like it's kind of beautiful because it's just the um the makeup of how someone who appears to be human this time around is. Yeah, you know? That's what really do you cool. think? Well, I'm thinking a bit of what I saw the first time I did ayahuasca, which I tried to express to you. It is very hard to describe where I saw human design charts like the one we're looking at in like 5D all around me. And I walked through them in my mind because I was really laying there seeing it all. And it was so real. It was the most real thing I've ever seen. Like, okay, human design is more real than being human. That's kind of what I saw because, you know, the thing is with, with us on this earthly plane is that everybody thinks these things like human design and astrology and shamanism and Reiki and all these practices, people are very, you know, some people are very skeptical where Mm. when you take yourself away from that earthly layer, there's no skepticism at all. It's like, if there was any piece of me that was, it's, it is so real. And what we're experiencing, in my opinion, is less real. And that might be confusing or scary to some people, but it's Mm. like, it's like a dream. And so what I think is that we're in a dream, a really great real dream and Mm. it is real. Mm -hmm. But when we die or when we, leave this place Mm. we are back to an eternal place and then we're like that was a that was a good experience a a cool dream not a dream but it's Mm. the closest way I can describe it because it is real and I don't want to um I don't want to like make our human experience sound like it's not real because it's so important Mm. but it's also dreamy Mm -hmm. and you can make of it what you wish and so What I saw about human design in particular, because I saw it like spinning and really cool things. Well, clearly it was channeled by Mm. the man you spoke of earlier. I think it's kind of a, um, I think it was sent from the stars. So like maybe not the Pleiadians, but sent from the cosmos to this earth. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. I've never thought about that before, but just hearing you say that is like, for sure. Yeah. And and the way I see it and even the way I saw it when I was in that ayahuasca experience was like, if the cosmos is here and the earth is here, there's like this big bow right here and human designs right here. So it's in the middle and it's like connecting it all. Wow. Um, That would be what I think. Well, it's really cool because um, you have something inside the... um, Inside human design is a system called the magnetic monopole, where your G center, which is the um, center that's right in the middle of your um, body, that's the one that's like a diamond shaped. They basically say that it's like um, the reason why you get a body or you get this personality or whatever it is, is because there's um, this magnetism that gets created between your like soul and the earth. And it's like in the tension created between the two that you get this um, body, which is like this temporary structure that kind of holds it all together and without that then you just have no magnetic wow um, 
pull between the two. So it's like the body just temporarily comes in when there's this like, you know, um, this like positive and negative that yeah. get attracted to each other. That's fascinating. And then it just disappears. Your, your magnetic model pole or call it your soul just goes back up when... Yeah, when that it's is all done. so wild. But I love what you're saying because I, I mean, I've definitely had dreams where I've woken up and then life, normal life, mm-hmm. feels less real than the dream. Yeah. So it's not that hard to exactly. get on board with. And when you think about time existing very differently than mm. we're used to it here, mm. our life is so long. Years are so long, mm. but in reality time doesn't exist and so life is a blink of an eye or as long as long as you make it really so I true. Mean, as long as it feels so true um okay i love this question because it's more a question about you and it's so funny because we went into this and i'm like we may or may not talk about human design and we talked <laughs> about it the whole time but i love this question someone asks they're curious about your move to monaco how is the process of moving to another country so I, um, the reason why I moved to Monaco was because a year and a half ago, I was like, I don't want to live in London anymore. I've manifested it very non-specifically because I said, universe, I, um, don't want to live in London, but I don't know where I want to live, but I want to live somewhere quiet and warm. And I thought for sure there was going to be LA. And, um, five days later, my now fiance called me and was like, I need to talk to you. Like, let's go out for dinner tonight because we need to talk. You know what I mean? One of those. Yeah. And he was like, so he's an art dealer and he was like, they changed the laws in this country where I literally can't afford to be an art dealer if I stay in the UK. Um, I want to go somewhere that is not far from here. I don't want to be far away from my family. I can't move to the Middle East because he comes to America all the time for work. And he was like, they're just too far away. Um, so he came up with, he was like, the cho- the choices are either Milan or Monaco. And I, um, my favorite grandfather lives in Monaco. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer because I'd been there before and he's my favorite and I want to spend as much time with him as possible. And so... We moved, we were supposed to move last April and it just kept getting delayed and delayed and we moved in the end last September, so 2019. And so far, it's been amazing. I It's like everything that I wanted non-specifically without me knowing that that's what I wanted. So I don't know how long I'm going to be there for. I'm someone though who loves to change and I love moving around and I could easily not have a home. I could easily just move from yeah, place to place. Yeah, I see that for you. So... It doesn't feel so much like a home home, but I don't think I really, I think I prefer it that way. I, I think I like not feeling like I have a place and um, I'm always moving around. So it's for right now in my life where I'm at, it's fitting me just like perfect. Yeah, it's so perfect. How much time do you really spend in Monaco? <sighs> Probably like three months out of the year, four months out of the year. Wow. Um, although I did move in September. So I think when summer comes, I'll probably spend more time there because yeah, that's when it's like, that makes sense. you know, beautiful and warm and loads of people come in and out. So, you know, I'll have, I'm sure people will come visit me or there'll be more stuff going on there. Yeah. But in the winter, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time still coming here, still going to London to work and my yeah. assistant still lives there and I have a team there and everything. So just kind of flitting around is is what really suits me though. I know. It really does though. Yeah. Whenever I think of you, I think of a hotel, <laughs> like a cozy hotel vibe <laughs> with being where it makes you happy mm. and creating. 
because that's the coolest thing with what you do. You can yeah. really be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have a home base mm-hmm. for you and Phil, but it's also mm. maybe not totally necessary. Yeah. And then wherever, at some point you'll land yeah. and it'll be in the perfect place. It's interesting as well, because I think um, I always thought like, oh, I have to buy, you know, you grow up and then you buy a home and then you this and whatever, and you own you know, like maybe a good example of like doing well in life is like having a holiday home and having a country home and having, Mm -hmm. and then I just had to realize about myself, like none of that appeals to me. And that's what one of the things that human design has really done for me is like actually question everything that you think you want and that you think you're like, and maybe Mm -hmm. just, maybe you're not the things that you genuinely believed you were this whole entire time. Yeah. I love that. Mm. I love that. So liberating. Letting go of things that have actually been kind of holding us back about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You would love Peter Crone. If you don't know who that is, he is, he's, he'll be on this podcast soon. He, um, he's called the mind architect Ooh. and he taught me that where, because, um, so I met him through Sirius Spa, the Ayurvedic Spa, and he is just this incredible person who really helps people shift their limiting beliefs. And he works with a lot of really powerful business people and all these things. So I had a session with him and he just, he will show you who you are basically because (gasps) I was just talking, you know, saying all the things like, well, I'm a sensitive person and, you know, I've always been sick and like listing all these things Mm -hmm. about myself. And he's like, what makes you think you're a sensitive person? And so I'm saying all the things and he's like, you're not. I mean, like, let go of all those things. You are who you are. You're saying all these things that people have told you that you are all along. And so we attach to these things. And of course, most of the time it goes back to our parents who mean really well, but like, um, super fascinating. Oh my gosh. And he'll be on the podcast soon and you should check him out. He is amazing. Wow. Cool. Really amazing. And he helped me see how I was really limiting myself in that way. Wow. In a lot of ways. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, like as soon as we like, as soon as we leave each other tonight, I'm going to be like researching everything about this guy. Yeah, he sounds amazing. Love. Totally. Wow. Yeah. So cool. then basically what else is, what else is on the horizon for you? You've been doing human design and watching you in your element with human design is so cool, by the oh, way, because you're you. so good at it it is such a gift thank you but what else is on the horizon so the next super exciting thing is that I realized that um you know people as much as they you know take the courses online and enjoy the videos and all that sort of stuff I really noticed that people still do want readings because they want to get into the specifics of their Mm -hmm. chart and I was like I need to figure out a way to do this so we trained in November. We had our first human design reader training. We trained hundreds of people to learn to read charts. So cool. And very, very soon, maybe even by the time this comes out, we'll have on our website, you will be able to go find a reader who's trained in my way of reading charts, who's taken our training, um, and you'll be able to connect with them and and find someone who you actually resonate with to give you a reading, which I'm so excited about because the number one question I get every single day, all day is, how do I get a reading? Where do I go for a reader? Who's good? Who can you recommend? And I'm so excited that I actually finally have people that I can recommend um, to do it. Yeah, so that's I'm amazing. Like psyched, like so is there genuinely. a name for your style, the way that people have been trained? Yeah. What's it called? I mean, I just 
I didn't call it anything. I just called it Genozoe training, basically Genozoe human design training. And um, yeah, all these people who I just wanted to, I didn't ever want to recommend readers that I thought was, were going to be giving the advice in the way that I feel like the old, the traditional way is, which is very damning and very, can sometimes make you feel not that good about your chart. Right. Um, and I like to put it in a positive way. Um, and to be honest with you, that's what I wanted to do was to make sure that there was people that I could feel comfortable recommending where I want you to feel seen. I want you to feel understood. I want you to feel like, yes, that's me. Or there's this beacon that someone's drawn for me that actually gives me hope about how powerful I am. Like, And that's the only kind of people I was ever going to recommend anyway. Yeah. So I'm really, really, really excited because I know how amazing a reading can be and how much it changes your life to be able to like offer that to people. And also to give so many people that want to be readers a, a full business, full-time business, like the door? dream, like a win-win. Yeah, that is literally such a dream. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, so I can't how believe many it's readers, finally happening. like hundreds, are yeah. going to be hundreds oh my and God. hundreds of readers. Yeah. That's so exciting. So, yeah. everyone who came to your training, basically, everybody who took a training and also um, what we had them do. And this is, I'm glad that you're asking because we're also going to do more rounds of reader training because since then, there's more people that want to train as readers and right. stuff. And right now, um, we recorded the whole entire thing. So you can take it as a digital course online. Um, it's two days out of your life, like 16 hours training. And then they'll tells be you trained everything to you be need readers. To know. And then after that, we've had um, a series of live classes where we've walked people through how to actually read charts. And then right now, everyone has submitted like um, a dummy reading, as it were, or like a practice reading, um, just so that we can make sure that everything is exactly you know, up to standard and giving people a good experience that they want and stuff. And then, um, yeah. And then we'll just be connecting them with people that everyone who's like wanting a reading. That's fantastic. It's so exciting. It really Beyond. is. Beyond. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So hopefully when this is out, that'll be available. And if not, then it'll be available soon. Very soon. Yeah. 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 That's I'm so really excited. Exciting. I know. Yeah. So doing that has been, has been like my main sort of focus recently. Mm -hmm. And then, um, working on actually getting, uh, doing a version of our own software because as well, what's been happening a lot recently is people are, confused about what the Jovian archive information says and what the body graph information says. And also there's nowhere online that you can easily get the information that's behind the arrows. Right. So we're working on that too. Because let me tell you, those websites are confusing yeah. <laughs> AF. Like yeah. when I was just, I show people all the time, I can't meet anyone anymore without looking up their human design mm. upon meeting them. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh yeah. And then I'm looking at the chart and I'm always like, I don't know what this means, mm. but this is what you are. But yeah. I could always talk to Jenna later, but I have no <laughs> idea. But at least yeah. you know your your general. Type. That's what I always say. But yeah, they're exactly. confusing. It's very so confusing. And that's gonna be wonderful. Yeah. Okay, this is what I'm saying for you. So you're developing the software. I feel like it should be an app at some point. I mean, that's the dream. Yeah. That is the dream. It's so. so app developers who are interested in doing this with Jenna, reach out. Yeah. People who could make that happen. Because I'm seeing like a beautiful, modernized, really sleek, colorful looking thing. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm not giving anything away. Because I Go. feel... 
stay tuned. Okay, okay. <laughs> I see it. It's so beautiful. Well, there you go. Using your, your future vision. Seriously. There we go. Oh my God. There we Yay. go. Yeah. So I just want to demystify the whole thing. I want to make it very easy to understand for people. I want, you know, someone who is with a scientific brain to understand. Like, you know, I've done readings for people's husbands before and we don't talk about any of the woo. And it's like, this is mm-hmm. how you work. This is how you learn. This is how you function. And then there's also, I know I want to speak to the person who's super esoteric and wants to know about, you know, how their soul is designed to come and correct yes. certain karma. Like it's for everybody, you know? It is. So, and you're so good at both. Thank you. Thank you so much. So yes. yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll be uh, just more and more demystifying is, is the general goal. Yay. So tell everyone where they can find you. Um, JennaZoe.com and just at JennaZoe on Instagram. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, love. Oh my gosh. We could talk so for much hours. fun. I know. And I we know. and we have been. And we will. <laughs> we had four this... hours of chat before we press play. So literally. <laughs> so amazing. Thank you so much for coming. Thank on. you, love. This is so You're much fun. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jenna. After we had this conversation, it completely blew my mind. I had spent the whole day with her. We had so much fun recording in her hotel room, sitting there in robes and chatting, just tons of girl talk. She is the best. I'm so appreciative of her. I just adore her. And I also always learn so much from her. So I know this episode was informative. She's such a teacher. It's incredible that she does the trainings now. So you should definitely check out her site, um, Jenna Zoe. You can find everything from her Instagram, Jenna Zoe. She's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram with her uplifting quotes and tips. And she is a powerhouse of knowledge. And now we know she's also an avatar and many other things. So I'm also going to keep this outro pretty short because of my fasting and I'm tired and well tired isn't the right word my voice is tired um so with that with that thank you Jenna check her out we'll definitely have her back on this was one of my favorite episodes to record that I've done in a really really long time so I'm very very grateful for her and Otherwise, thank you to our sponsors for Sigmatic. You can use the code BLONDE. Check out their immune boosting products. And Go Macro. You can use the code BLONDE for 30% off plus free shipping at gomacro.com. Check out all my favorites. I cannot wait to eat them when I'm done fasting. I'm obsessed with Go Macro. Truly obsessed. So yes, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'm sending you so much love and can't wait to chat next week. And however you're feeling right now is completely fine. Feel free to revisit the meditations in the previous few weeks episodes dealing with everything that's going on right now and sending you all the best and so much love. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, please do and send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com and I will send you my free gift for you via email. So much love. Have an amazing day.